0: And use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy.
1: It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football.
2: Today on the Juice on the Hughes podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about Syracuse recruiting and a look ahead to the 2015 football season. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is Scout.com's Mike McAllister. Mike, thanks so much for coming on the program again. Absolutely, anytime. Mike, I want to get you started on this one. All the talk is around 2016 guard Tyus Battle, who committed to Michigan in May and then decommitted in June, took a visit to Syracuse. What's the latest with him, and do you see Syracuse as a favorite to
3: land him? I'll start with your second question first. Yes, I do think Syracuse is the favorite right now, mainly because what other options are there? Um, I mean, Duke and Louisville were, were thought to be real threats to Syracuse before he committed to Michigan, but it seems like they've dropped off a little bit. Michigan obviously is still there, but it's rare that someone decommits from a school and then recommits there a short time while, especially after visiting other schools in the meantime. And UConn was a school that might have been in line to take to get that fifth official visit from him. And yet um, they picked up a commitment from four star guard Altry Gilberts so that seemed to take them out of the running there. Uh, that kind of put Syracuse in the forefront. His visit went very well. It's we're just kind of in a holding pattern. Maybe the holdup is that they want to see what happens with the NCAA's appeal or what they the NCAA rules on Syracuse's appeal. Do they give Syracuse a scholarship back? Because as it stands right now, they've got 10 scholarships set for uh, the 2016-17 season with, with the transfer of Shuku. So it, it really begs the question, where does that scholarship come from? I think Syracuse will still have room for him. But but as of right now, I think we're just going to be in a little bit of a holding pattern. He Battle wants to make sure he doesn't make a premature decision like he did the last time. He wants to take his time, make sure that this commitment is the last one, is the one that sticks. So we'll kind of just see how it goes. It could come at any time, but it could also take a little while as well.
2: Well, let's just say for argument's sake that Syracuse doesn't land battle. What's plan B or C or D? (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, they've got a couple of options. One is is Kobe Simmons. He's a five-star point guard. who Scout actually has rated higher than Battle, even though Syracuse likes Battle uh, a little bit more than Kobe. But he's a guy that has expressed a lot of interest in Syracuse. Syracuse is in regular communication with him. He had an in-home visit with Jim Beheim. You would think that if Battle decides to commit somewhere else, that Syracuse would be in line to get an official visit from Kobe Simmons. So he's a guy to keep an eye on. And then Kevin Hoarder, uh, a guy that, that Syracuse has offered as a 2017 player, they want him to go to prep for a year and then come to Syracuse, they might switch that offer and have him become a 2016 kid. So those are two names to keep an eye on, I think would be the two most logical options for Syracuse. If Tyus battle committed elsewhere, they missed on Kobe Simmons and, and and Kevin wanted to go somewhere else or wanted to stick with the 2017 plan, which he was considering before Syracuse offered him in that way. They could go after a guy like a Quentin Rose out of Bishop Carney High School in Rochester, who's a six foot four, six foot five guard, has that length that Syracuse likes, but he's a little bit more of a developmental project, whereas the other guys you're talking about could come in and contribute right away.
2: Mike, let's move on to football, jump into the twenty seventeen recruiting cycle. Syracuse landing a commitment from Florida wide receiver Daywood Davis. It seems like a huge get for Syracuse, especially because it's an ideal fit for Tim Lester's new system.
3: Yeah, it is. I mean, he's got the length to play the outside wide receiver positions. Uh, Tim Lester wants guys that are 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", for those outside wide receiver spots. And then he's got the speed to play in the slot to do a lot of the things they like to do with their H-backs. So he's a versatile guy, can do a lot of things. But anytime you get you have a guy that's 6'3", runs a sub four 440", comes out of Florida with offers from the Miamis and the Nebraskas and those type of schools, and he picks you this early, especially without even visiting yet. It's a big win for Syracuse. It's big to have him in the mix. They're going to keep pushing for talented guys in 2017, which, you know, if if it continues down that road, could end up being a really big recruiting year for them. But David Davis is a really, really nice way to start out the class.
2: Now let's take a step back and go to 2016. The Orange earlier this week, losing out on Trey Bryant. But is that as big a loss if you talk about a potential visit from Moniel
3: coming up for that hybrid position. No, and it, actually I like Moniel better as a fit for that hybrid position. I think he's, he's got more speed. Uh, I think he's a little bit more elusive in the open field. He's a little bit more of a playmaker. Uh, if you're talking about a traditional running back type, I think Trey Bryant is more of that guy. If Syracuse, Didn't have Robert Washington in the mix. I think losing out on a guy like Trey Bryant would be a bigger deal. Mm -hmm. And not to say he couldn't play the the hybrid position. He absolutely could. He's talented enough. He can make plays in the receiving game. But Mo Neal is a better fit for that. And he's friends with Robert Washington, so that helps keep him here. Uh, Mo Neal, I think, is the perfect fit for Syracuse. He's just very talented. Like I said, a playmaker. He's got speed that Syracuse doesn't currently have all over the roster. Uh, he he's, would be a big time get, I think, if Syracuse were able to land him.
2: Michael, get you out of your here on this one. Uh, take us through some of the biggest remaining names that Syracuse is trying to work on to round out their 2016 class. Before the show, we were kind of talking
3: about uh, Jamal Holloway, but I'm sure there's some other big names Syracuse is working on on top of him. Yeah, he's one to, to watch. He just released his top 10, and Syracuse made it, and he's going to be visiting on the 16th along with Moneal. Uh So that's shaping up to be a, a big week, visit weekend for them. But uh, I want to look at the secondary a little bit. You know, they, they've got some guys like a safety Eric Burrell out of Maryland who's a guy that had visited and is really high on Syracuse. Uh, Devon Clark, who was committed to Oregon State at one point but decommitted. Syracuse seems to be the leader for him, but will they take both him and Burrell? There's some questions there cornerback Martin Mangrum, um, whose uncle played up at Syracuse. He's a guy to keep an eye on. He's visited and is really high on Syracuse. Uh, those are kind of a couple of names that I would keep an eye on. And then um, even linebacker Colby uh, Reeder, who, who visited and is high on Syracuse. Um, a lot of people think that Syracuse might not take another linebacker because there's limited spots available for the rest of the class. I'm not so sure that's the case. It wouldn't surprise me if, if he wanted to commit, if they would take him. Um, So those are some guys keep an eye on. And then keep an eye on the tight end position overall. I think they're going to end up with one or two tight ends in this class. They've had a couple of visits like Jay Rose out of uh, Connecticut, who's also being looked at by uh, Wisconsin and some other schools. He's a guy Syracuse is really high on. So those are kind of the main names to watch going forward. And then it wouldn't surprise me if come this fall a couple names that we're not currently talking about creep up. That seems to happen every single recruiting cycle. Mike, that's
2: awesome stuff. Again, thank you so much for coming on the program. If you're not subscribed to CuseNation.com, you are missing out on some of the best Syracuse recruiting news out there. So get on and join today, Mike. Enjoy the rest of the recruiting cycle and we'll speak with you soon. Thanks, Much Appreciate it. Great stuff from Mike McAllister who knows more about Syracuse recruiting than anyone else in the business, especially in Syracuse. I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today?
4: I'm doing well, Wes. Thank you.
2: Brad, we're only a few weeks away from ACC Media Day, and I think it's that time of year where everyone starts making predictions. Earlier this week, I wrote a column about the expected win total for this year, and I think a legitimate range is 5-7 and seven to 7-5. Seven and five. Where do you
4: fall on the scale? That was a great uh, article, by the way, Wes, in analyzing the Syracuse schedule. And as I read through it, I agreed and disagreed with some of your uh, game-by-game predictions, but I would have to say I would fall right in the middle there at 6-6, and and I'm saying that based on the fact that I think the SU offense is going to score more points this year. They certainly can't score any less than they did per (laughs) game average last year. And I think the younger players are going to develop on the defense a lot faster than we might have thought. I think the talent levels increased last two years. There's going to be pressure and and a lot of inexperience. But I look for the D to be solid, maybe not as, you know, 27th nationally ranked as last year, but solid enough to make this a 500 team for uh, 2015.
2: And, you know, I arrived at the same number, six and six on Monday, and I I basically broke it down into five tiers. I said, you know, will win tier, should win, coin flip, should lose, will lose. And, you know, I think the Syracuse season really gets determined on six games. Boston College, Pittsburgh, Virginia, Wake Forest, Louisville, and NC State. And I think what Syracuse does in those six games will determine whether they are 5-7 and seven and miss a bowl game for the second straight year or whether they return to bowl season.
4: They have got to get off to a great start. When you have the first four games in the Dome, the month of September, not having to travel, you've got to go at least 3-1 and one there to get to that halfway point. But I'll tell you this, since I just had said earlier, so much new on the defensive side, and we don't know how productive the offense will be yet. I'm really still concerned on game number two, Wake Forest, because anytime you have a conference game early and you haven't really had a lot of experience to see what's been going on, it's really tough. I think that's going to be a very even game, despite the fact that Syracuse won big down at Wake Forest last year. So the month of September is key, and then the teams, as you alluded to, that, you would think are somewhat even with Syracuse. They've got to win at least three of those six games.
2: And I think a lot of it will also depend. You just talked about the defense reloading. It's also about how the offense grasps the system that Tim Lester is installing. Now they've had a whole spring to learn it, and they're they're finally healthy, which you would expect to be after not playing since last year. And a lot of it really depends on the quarterback situation, how Terrell Hunt can adjust, how he, he can really develop into that system and start to make throws rather than just relying on his feet. So I think that that's really an important thing, Brad.
4: I agree. Uh, Terrell Hunt's going to be the key to this team as uh, you know, experienced player. But then the next part of that, Wes, is that offensive line. Rebuilt, uh, some transitions there and position changes. They've got to protect and give Hunt the time to find what weapons he does have on the offense.
2: Brad, you know, speaking of Terrell Hunt, he is a very obvious choice for the offense to go to ACC Media Day, which is in a couple weeks, which you will be at. I thought one of the surprising uh, selections of all the ACC, and of course it just happens to be Syracuse, is the selection of Zaire Franklin, the sophomore linebacker. Uh, For the defensive side, you know, I thought someone with a little bit more experience someone in the secondary or even, you know, defensive end Ron Thompson a junior would be selected for it. I think that says a lot about Scott Schaefer's confidence in his young linebacker. I
4: thought it was very telling. I agree, Wes. And it really tells you a lot about Zaire Franklin. I mean, just in his second year with the program, a great player in the Philadelphia area high school leagues. And I, I agree. I think it says a lot about Franklin. He's going to be very high, if not the team leader in tackles, as that linebacker position normally does in the Syracuse defense. And it was a real eye-opener. But I tell you, I was happy to see that pick because he is definitely one of the best players on the defense, and it really showed something as a sophomore. So I applauded it. I like it. I look forward to having a chance to speak with him down in North Carolina.
2: Brad, we're right at the end of our show. You're closing well, thoughts. Well,
4: when you have a net worth of approximately $35 million, as is the case with Donovan McNabb, the former SU great, you've got to hire a driver. I'm referring to the second <laughs> DUI uh, that Donovan McNabb was arrested for in Arizona uh, about uh, two weeks ago. And it just it always baffles me, Wes, when you're an elite athlete, an elite entertainer, or someone with a lot of money, why you would put yourself in a situation if you're going to drink and get behind the wheel. I've always been baffled by that. So, Donovan, go out and hire a driver and never get into any sort of problems again.
2: It definitely baffles my mind, not only the risk you're taking on yourself, but some innocent person that you could potentially be running into. It's, uh, it, it baffles my mind. You're right, Brad. Uh, my closing thoughts are on another Syracuse alum. This is a little bit more of a positive note because it's on Syracuse basketball star Josh Pace, who was hired as an assistant coach for the women's basketball team at Pepperdine. You know, Brad, Josh was one of my favorite players on that 2003 national championship. Loved the glue factor. I, I just, I, I really wish him the best of luck at Pepperdine. I,
4: I do as well. One of my favorite all-time players as an orange uh, player and also great to get into the coaching ranks. Really happy for Josh Pace.
2: He's also an alumni of this very podcast, so he's got that going for him (laughs) as well. (laughs) That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that I keep a lighter in my pocket, not because I smoke. It's just that I really like certain songs. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time.
1: This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV podcast network. slash play 100 and use code play 100 that's code play 100 at pricepicks.com slash play 100 for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars price Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy